What's good, y'all? We back for another episode of the regular podcast. I'm your host, Kilo Graham. Uh, before I get started, y'all can find me on Twitter at Kilo underscore Righteous. That's for all you people who only want to listen to half the podcast and you know, not give me all the love. You know what I mean? You give me half the love and go follow me on Twitter and we can discuss things about whatever I discuss on the podcast. Now, before I get into anything else, shout out to Jaden on the Unapologetic Podcast. He had me on as a guest. We chopped it up about a few things. And it was a overall, you know, it was a great episode. A lot of good feedback from some people I saw. And, you know, Shay told me it was a good podcast, so I guess it was a good podcast. All right. Now, how was y'all week? My week was cool. You know, I don't I haven't done much over the weekend. I think it was raining a lot. I, I got up on the um on the roof and cleaned the gutters out and I like cut a branch out the way a branch was starting to grow towards like over my roof it was leaning on the roof actually so i had to get up there cut that down so that was pretty much what i did i and it didn't even take that long i was probably up there clean i only cleaned the gutters out in the back of the house so i'll get the front gutters at a different time so that only took me maybe an hour total you know what i mean i, I work efficiently actually no it probably took me a little bit more than an hour because i swept off the back deck also so that's what I did over these. And then I've been working, you know, of course, going to work. Everybody goes to work. So it's not abnormal. Y'all let me know what y'all been up to, though. Over the weekend, you know, I normally get into the bigger, bigger, bigger releases. But I think Wiz Khalifa is a big enough artist for me to feel like it's a good thing to talk about his album. And I don't really have a lot to say about it, except it's too long, man. 25 songs from Wiz right now is too long. And Wiz, he don't really do these like modern day short songs. You know, these quick two minute, two and a half minute songs. Wiz is doing full blown three verses, four hooks songs. So these is like, this shit, this is a long album, yo. 25 songs of longness. But it's a good album. I think if he would have cut it down to 16, this the album would have been talked about in a much better light. But it's just long as hell. So, you know. That's the that's the thing about that. Rolling paper, the song called Rolling Papers Two on the album. The album is called Rolling Papers Two. Song is called Rolling Papers Two. That was a good song on there. Another good song was Karate. Yeah, I mean, another good song was I think it's called Bootsy Bellows or something like that. It was a good song. Wiz had a couple joints on there, you know. I I feel like I always gotta show love to Wiz because. You know, Wiz is from the area. He ain't from Youngstown, but Wiz is from Pittsburgh, and he used to spend time in Youngstown. And he just, before he got famous, before the world knew him, he used to be in the area performing, and, you know, just Wiz is from the Valley, really. They call, they, you know, the Valley is one pretty much big area. The Steel Valley, it really, you know, western uh, Pennsylvania to in eastern Ohio from like Youngstown over to Pittsburgh it's just like a valley and you know it's all a connection it's all family so Wiz blew up and you know pretty a lot of he get a lot of support from Youngstown and I so yeah that's why I always check Wiz and stuff out I give him a chance this was a good album just a little bit too long for me though now on to a little bit bigger of an artist that'd be Drake now the only reason I want to talk about Drake again is because I gotta 
I'm just thinking about this dude, man. His his numbers, not thinking about him. I was thinking about this dude's numbers. You know what I mean? Pause that. Whoa. Thinking about the numbers that he put up, man. And I'm like, is Drake the new king of pop? Like, remember, it was Michael Jackson because of the staggering numbers that he put up and all the great music he put out. But, I mean, Drake is destroying every type of record that the charts ever had. You know what I'm saying? Like, right now, they have they have this article. Drake make Drake makes Billboard Hot 100 history with seven songs in the top ten. Think about that, yo. Seven songs in the top ten. This ain't the top ten rap chart. This is the top ten hottest songs in the world. Seven of them are Drake songs. And let me look. Let me look through here real quick. These are all. I'm looking at the list. All of these are. These ain't no no uh, uh, features. These are all Drake and only Drake. Except, for, you know, Drake has features on him, but I'm saying he's not featured on any of these songs. These are all his songs. Let me tell you, let me, let me give you the rundown. Nice For What is on there. Not, nice For What has the, uh, you know, the, the sample, the, the New Orleans Bounce, and it has the Lauryn Hill thing on it. But that's a sample. That's fully Drake. He has Nonstop on there. That's fully Drake. God's Plan, fully Drake. In My Feelings, he got the City Girls on there, but that's... A Drake song. I'm upset. Straight Drake. Emotionless. Straight Drake. Don't matter to me. That's the one with Drake and uh, Michael Jackson. This man got seven songs in the top ten, yo. You talk about a stronghold on music. This this dude has a stuff. Uh, he got the music industry, not rap. He has the music industry in the headlock right now. The man, like you know how people used to, <clears throat> how people used to rate albums. They would say like, oh yeah, he had this many songs chart in the top forty or whatever. Drake is putting complete albums in the top Billboard Top 100. Like it's it's, it's unreal. He ha- first of all he has the record for the most no, uh, no most songs in the top 100 at one time, and that is he had the entire album of views in the top 100. Now I haven't looked at if this whole album is in there. I'm pretty sure most, if not all, of Scorpion is in the top 100. Maybe a couple of those R&B joints on side B is not in there. I'm pretty sure the, the whole first album, side A, I'm pretty sure all of that shit is in the, the top 100. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, I'm asking, like, is this dude really, he could be, I mean, he did a billion streams in a week. You know, that's a stat that he put up. The dude is the new king of pop. It's crazy that a rap star is the king of pop because this rapper does sing also, and he does a lot of different things to make him to make it sound international. <clears throat> but my man is tearing Billboard charts up. He got so many Billboard awards it don't even matter. But the but the records that he has, I know y'all remember last year when nobody was really paying attention, but they were tracking how many weeks Drake was in the charts. Drake spent. 452 consecutive weeks in the Billboard Hot 100. That's the longest record by far of any artist in history of music on the Billboard charts. The next, the the person that's next to him is Lil Wayne. And Lil Wayne is at like 200 weeks. Drake was in the Billboard Top 100 for eight straight years. Think about like this. Just think about that. 452 weeks this man spent in the top 100. Nobody else has even come close. It's not even close. The next person is 
a newer artist. Wayne, when, when I say newer, I mean in Billboard history. Wayne is a newer artist. And, and Wayne is 200 weeks below Drake, what Drake was. And, and Drake let himself fall out. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Drake let himself fall out because he dropped more life. He could have pushed, he could have pushed Passion Fruit or whatever that song was called. He could have pushed a few different songs off that album. He chose not to, so then he just let himself fall off the joint. But nobody even realized he was on there that long until he was off. Then they said 452 weeks. Like, sheesh. Let me see. With this, he has surpassed the Beatles record of five that stood. Oh, that re- so the Beatles had five records in the top ten, and that they did that in 1964. That's that's crazy. This also takes Drake Drake's career to 31 Hot 100 top tens. He just passed Michael Jackson for the most among solo artists, male solo artists. This shit crazy. Let me read y'all. Let me read y'all the top ten right now. Drake, okay, so this was last week. This was before In My Feelings became uh, number one. This was last week. Nice for what? Number one. Nonstop was number two. Damn, I didn't even know that. <clears throat> Nonstop was number two. Number three was Cardi B song, I Like It. Number four, God's Plan. Number five, Girl Like You. Mar- Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B. This, the top ten is Cardi B and Drake. That's it. Number six, In My Feelings, Drake. Number seven, I'm Upset, Drake. Number eight, emotionless Drake, and number eight shouldn't even, number eight ain't even a single. Number eight is a is an introspective record, pretty much dissing Kanye, like, or not even dissing, responding to what Pusha T said, like it's a response record really, and it's in the top ten. Number nine, don't matter to me, featuring Michael Jackson. Then number ten is sad, featuring Triple X, Tentacion. He's only in there because he died. That means the top ten. Is Drake, Drake, Cardi B, Drake, Cardi B, Drake, 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 and then Triple X. But a death had to put him there. So I ask again, is Drake the new king of pop? I don't even think I'm really asking. I guess I'm asserting Drake is the new king of pop. It's it's crazy, right? It's something about light skin, man. You know, uh, Michael Jackson went light and he became a king of pop, you know? Drake was born light, he the king of pop. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, really, and that's not even just, you know, passing the title around. That's a hard title to get right there. King of Pop. He has all of the stats of what we call, uh, uh, he has all the stats to back up that title. I'm pretty sure he'll never call himself that because people pretty much let Michael Jackson go to his grave with that title. But you can't be the King of Pop forever because pop means popular. The king of pop means the king of pop music. And right now, it's clearly hands down Drake. It has been for a while now. And his stats, he's just patting his stats right now. I don't even think he's patting his stats. It's just happening. The record, the seven songs in the top ten, it's 2018 right now. That that record was set before both of my parents were born in 1964, yo, by the Beatles. That's a group. So it took it took a group to set the record that Drake just broke by itself. That's it's unreal, man. And a lot of people don't really I don't know if a lot of people don't get it or whatever, but Drake's success is coming from his relatability. Even with all the money the man is making, the shit that he say in his songs, man, more people can relate to that ten than people that can relate to the street artists that we probably like more. 
we might like the street artists more, but they can't, they're not as relatable because everybody can't relate to certain things. When, when you talk about, when you rap and then start singing about emotional things, and you, you talk about relationships all the time. Even people who don't like Drake will like some of that stuff or not like it. They'll agree with it. So even if you don't, Drake is saying something that you can relate to. The dude has the secret. Y'all know there was a documentary on, on YouTube that was circulating amongst the woke folks of, of 2011 or whatever. And it's probably, the, the book is older than that. But the secret, man, Drake has the secret. Khaled been talking about major keys and, you know, all that. Drake has the keys also. I mean, the dude just figured it out. There's no other way to say it. He figured it out. He's the king of pop now. That's just it. That's just it, man. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. <clears throat> if you feel like you have, you know, if you don't, if you don't agree, let me know. But I, I I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in saying what I just said, man. The dude, <laughs> the dude is the king of pop, yo. <clears throat> and there hasn't been a king of pop since Michael Jackson, so it's not a frivolous title to have. The dude is the king of pop. That's that. Now. When and speaking about music now, have y'all heard about Scott Storch? All right, everybody knows Scott Storch is a producer. Have has y'all heard? Have y'all heard about Scott Storch's new documentary? It's called Still Storch. Have y'all heard about it? It's on. It's on YouTube. It's free on YouTube, man. Just type in Still Storch and watch it. That shit is only like nineteen minutes and some change. I don't know why somebody. You know, I, I figured it out when I watched it. I did watch it earlier while I was at work. That's how short it is. You could just watch it while you're working. I think that I think he shot it by himself and then sold it to Vivo because it's real. It's real basic. He's just telling a couple stories. He's not telling it as like a fan where a fan would ask a lot of questions and they would ask him to do a lot of different things. And a, and a real movie maker would do a lot more than 20 minutes with Scott Storch, somebody that has made a hundred million dollars and blew it doing cocaine. That should be a movie. That would put Wolf on Wall Street to shame. <laughs> like a hip hop star, a white dude in hip hop as a producer who'd been around. He started with The Roots. He went to Dr. Dre. Then he went on his own and, and made some super smashes. And he made super smashes before he was on his own. But I'm just saying. And then he blew. He ran through almost $100 million from just doing cocaine and taking extravagant trips on private jets and yachts and mansions in Miami. And all, like, doing, you know what I mean? He was, he was living a crazy life, man. 20 minutes does not do what his career justice. So I think somebody should be coming back very soon with a full movie on Scott Storch or at least, at minimum, a full-length documentary about the man. Because... Yo, Scott Storch's life is, is when you talking about going through that much money because of a cocaine addiction, because you can't stop. But because he was the way he explained it is pretty much he had unlimited money. He can buy as much. coke. That's dangerous when you can buy as much coke as you want and you're addicted. You're not just doing it because you're partying. You're partying because you're doing it. You understand? That's that's a different thing right there. My man was my man was effed up, but he was so great at the thing at at producing Really, he fell off because he stopped making music just to do coke. That's where the, that's where the issue happened. He he was like Rick James. You remember uh, they talk about Rick James was pretty much locked up in the house smoking crack, went on a crack binge or whatever. That's like Scott Storch. 
he stopped making music so he could stay and, you know, get just get high. I'm like, shee. But, yeah, man, make sure y'all check. So, that got me to thinking. That got me to thinking about super producers. And, you know, I put together a little a little playlist. I'm like, yo, we need it. We need it. Let's listen to a couple a couple joints from Scott Storage just to get because I'm and I'm gonna explain what a super producer is to me. A super producer is somebody who, first of all, you had to be around for multiple eras of, of this thing called hip hop. I'm, I'm saying super producers and I'm relating it to hip hop because I feel like they weren't using that term before the early 2000s or when it related to hip hop. Maybe late 90s, early 2000s is when I first started hearing it. I didn't hear anybody call like Quincy Jones a super producer. You feel me? He was one, but they didn't call him that. So when I say super producers, I'm sticking to rap. And I think you had to you had to be a rap producer, but you also had to be somebody who could make music in other genres also. And you had to be able to span multiple generations of rap. Right? That's how I look at super producer. So when I look at this, a lot of these a lot of the the people from the early days of rap, I wouldn't never, I wouldn't call those guys super producers because I don't know of any of them that could make music in other genres and they lasted up until now, a lot of them, and they're versatile with their beat making. You know, the, the dudes I'm, I'm talking about, when somebody needs a hit, a label is like, all right, we need to spend 500000 on a production from this person. The Scott Storches, the Dr. Dre's, the Timberland, the Swiss Beats, these people... The label is going to spend close to a million dollars to get a song from them because that is a career reviver or sustainer. Something from those guys. So I, I just like, yo, let me put together. Let's rock. Listen to let's just see where, where my man uh, Scott Storch got his start. He, he got his start at with the with the roots in production. I know you all know that song, man. We all know that song. That's Scott Storch right there, man. That was that's that's where he got that's pretty much his first song that he produced by himself. He was working with the roots, but they he was producing this. And Black Thought heard him and said, Yo, come, yo, let's put this thing out. He was he made it with uh Jill Scott though. But the label decided take Jill Scott off and put Erica Badu on it. So that's how you hear Erica Badu because because of that. He also did this. I know y'all remember that. That's G Unit. He, this is what I mean about the versatility right there. That's versatile. Real versatile. He came through with this. He was killing it. Scott Storch was really bodying shit, y'all. This is a super producer. When somebody that can that can do this, man, he's a super producer. I really pulled this stuff up because I'm like, yo, we need to go through some of this stuff, man. We really need to go through it. I'm gonna get you a couple from Eric, from all these dudes I think are super producers. Let's get to Dr. Dre, man. Where Dr. Dre started out at? Where he start out? This is the original. This ain't the. This ain't a sample. N.W.A. But this ain't even really where Dr. Dre got his start. He was with the group. He was with a group before this. But this is his start in rap. I mean, his start in 
where we all really start him out NWA with Easy E and them. Feel me? Then he, that's the 80s. This the mid 80s right here. Then go forward. This Dr. Dre. You heard? Drake, Drake, go over there to the and give Mary a smash. This was a smash right here. As Dre is a genius, man. He 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 wasn't the best when it came to being in relationships and, and things like that. But Dre was a Dre was a beast with this. Is a beast with this production thing, though, man. Another one. See, I didn't even know Dre did this one. Like. Seen the diss song, it's a real song. I didn't even know he did this. I love when I look up producers and I see that they worked on stuff that I never even knew they worked on. I love it. He, that's the famous line, right? That's that's a that line will live in, in hip hop infamy forever. I heard motherfuckers saying they made hove, made hove say, okay, so make another hove. That's the that's Dame had to fill that one. Huh? Swiss beats. Swiss Beats is a super producer, man. People have come to Swiss throughout their career, and he he didn't gave him some heat. It's a reason why it's hard. It's, people have a hard time beating Swiss Beats in a in a beat battle because of the type of music he made, man. You can't tell me this ain't no smash. This was a super smash. Super smash. What else he got? Huh? I could have put some of Swiss work that he did with uh with Beyonce on here too, just to give you the different genres that he worked in. But I'm just saying, super producers. I I like honestly, I'm more of a fan of the production of producers, super producers, than I am of rappers. I always love production more. With a bounce in the half. He came all the way forward. This is generations of rap right here. Generations. If you started out with Rough Riders in the late 90s. I'm just saying. Swiss gonna make sure he put his voice on the song so you, you don't ever confuse it. You don't ever want to confuse something he did. Let's go forward to my man, Jermaine Dupree. Super producer. He just got inducted to the Songwriters Hall of Fame. This is what Jay-Z made it into last year. Jermaine Dupri probably should have been in before Jay-Z. Jermaine Dupri wrote the whole first Crisscross album. He wrote it his, himself, and it sold 8 million copies. He wrote and produced it all. That's a super producer right there. He is also probably at the forefront of the South taking over the youth from the North in the mid-2000s with that them franchise boys at the forefront with that with that in my white tee. I mean, that snap music really really changed with how the youth was feeling, man. What else you got? What else you got, JD? Hey, didn't I say multiple genres? JD is one of the best producers ever, man. Period. He he patterned his life off of uh, Quincy Jones also. He loved. He looked up to Quincy Jones. He wanted to be like Quincy Jones. So, this is why you see him 
involving himself in artist development so much because that's how that's the old school way of doing it you don't just go find somebody that was already popping and attach yourself jd is taking people from the ground floor and taking them to the ceiling you know what I'm saying? He's been working with Usher since the beginning, too. This is another child started. He turned into a monster. Produced on Usher's biggest album, Confessions. JD, super producer. What else you got? This is one of the biggest songs ever. Like, as far as Billboard goes. This song right here, one of the biggest ever. Came from JD. I think JD wrote it, wrote on it, too. Writing and beat making is how you become a super producer because you bring people's career back to life, man. This is how you this is how you do it. JD is a beast for this one because this is this is when you think hip hop and hip hop production, you don't even think that you can do something in this vein right here. Not wrote and produce, man. Let's go to my man Timbo. Timbaland, super producer. And actually, Timbaland is where I'm gonna end it at. Timbo is the, to me, is the is the completion of what we want to call super producers from hip hop. People that span genres, they span generations, and they have hits on hits on hits, man. This song right here, one of the most famous songs. You, this is a song that you know immediately when it comes on. I'm just saying. What else you got? I don't know, nigga. What, nigga? I don't know. You know what song that is? Another one. A lot of, a lot of. If you wasn't around in the early 2000s, you ain't really gonna know what this is. But everybody my age, you know what this is, and everybody older than me know what this song is. Ludacris was the hottest thing in the streets. Ludacris. A lot of people forget how hot Ludacris was, man. A lot of people. Ludacris was one of the hottest dudes in the world at this time. Yo, early 2000s, Luda was shutting shit down. And then you bring Luda, bring Timbaland all the way forward to this. You know, that's Tim's thing. He liked to use them, them high-pitched baby-sounding, baby angels or whatever. Middle Eastern sounding stuff. Y'all know the song? Yeah. That's Timbaland. Timbaland co-produced that. But when you listen to the drums, though, you kind of can tell that's Tim. You you could tell anyway. I didn't know it. But now that I think about it, when, when I listen to them, when I listen to the drums, I'm like, uh, he liked to bounce like that. That's his bounce. He liked when, when he bounced on them drums, they bounce back. Yeah, that's Tim. Yeah. That's hard. That was that was I just wanted to go run down the thing, man, because I, I feel like super I love super production. I love super production, so I felt like it's only right that I got into it a little bit, man. Now I know some of y'all probably gonna be thinking like, why ain't how's Kanye not a super producer? Why ain't just Blaze on there? What about Pharrell? Actually Pharrell is the only one of those people that should be. Pharrell is a super producer. I just didn't feel like going through his music. Pharrell is one. But he's not one of my favorites. Just Blaze? Just Blaze is not a super producer. And I'll say why. 
because he was he was never the go to like I need a career revival. He was he's never been like okay I'm jumping from even though he's out here doing this EDM DJ stuff he's not jumping genre. He's people from other genres aren't calling him saying we need a hit in our genre. Not like oh give us a one of those crossover fake rap joints. Give us we need a hit for our genre. They're not doing that with with Just Blaze. Uh. And Just Blaze is a straight up producer and he kind of, when was the last hit that he was a part of, I would say, if you want to call Freedom from Beyonce's album a hit, that would be the last one. And that was, you know, probably the third or fourth or fifth favorite song of people from that Lemonade album. Now, Kanye, I think Kanye is a superstar artist who was a great producer. Even though Kanye was such a great producer, his his production career really as a straight up producer really didn't last that long his that's why his artistry outshined his production very soon he's very good at sampling songs and all that but as an artist though he blew way up and i think it's because people liked his artistry better not saying that his production wasn't great his production was very good very great i love it he one of my favorite producers but he's not a super producer I can't really name too many. Before he was a was a rapper, I don't know who from other genres were coming to Kanye saying we need a hit, or I don't know what generational. Like I feel like the young people, the younger people now, or newer artists, they're not coming to uh, Kanye for like yo we need a hit. But these other producers I, I had on here and Pharrell, young people are are messing with them saying like yo make it, look at Pharrell just did um stir fry with the Migos that's a hit. Stir Fry is a hit, and he produced it. He made the beat back in 2008, and he held it. That's a super producer where you can, like, dig in the depths of your brain to figure out what is perfect for who. These young dudes came and got a smash from Pharrell. That's a super producer, man. Kanye ain't doing that. These young dudes ain't. Kanye is grabbing the young dudes. The young dudes ain't grabbing him. Kanye grabbing them to take from their energy, which ain't a bad thing, but he's doing that. It's not the other way around, so... He, he to me he ain't a super producer. He's a superstar artist that was a great producer. Totally different from a super producer. Now that's I'm not going music y'all to death because that's just the shit I'm interested in. But um if y'all y'all probably going y'all y'all probably heard all kind of like feedback from my me plugging my phone into the uh system, but whatever, man. I just had to let y'all hear some of that some of that good music that I love, that I, a lot of stuff I grew up on. You understand? Now, I am going to completely shift gears. Yo, before I, before I even get into anything else, right? Let me say this. You know how you start a free trial on some shit and you like, yo, I'm about to, I'm going to cancel it before I, before they charge me or whatever, right? Yo, tell me why. My dumb ass. I start the Ancestry.com joint because you know me. I, I told y'all, man, Luke Cage really had me on some shit. So I, I'm digging in my archives and digging through my family history. And I, I found a whole lot of information, too, which is very great. But I didn't cancel the membership after two weeks. It was free for two weeks, y'all. Free for two weeks. Let me tell y'all what the chart. Like, I went and I, and I had the free pi- package that was like a big dog package. Man... They charged me on Friday. <laughs> that shit was $45, man. $44.99, yo. For ancestry. For me to search my own family history. $44.99 a month. So that's the monthly thing. 
So now I'm stuck with I'm, it's not that it's a bad thing because I paid for it already. So now I have to I have to get even more history from my people that I can get even as much as I can get. Right. But damn, yo, I didn't want to pay that forty five forty five. Yo, I was I was thinking I need to get in, get as much info as I can get back out. And I played myself. Yo, that, that's that bull. Yo, if y'all got any stories about how y'all went. And started a free trial and forgot to cancel it, man. Hit me up, man. Let me know. I know I just got got. Normally, you know, when you do a free trial or some shit, it's only for something that's like nine ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine. Something that that ain't gonna like shock you when you when you look at the fact that they charged you. That joy shocked me. I'm like, damn, forty, ugh, forty dollars. You know what I'm saying? It got me, yo. It got me. I played myself though, so it's not their fault that I didn't. I ain't cancel my shit. I should have canceled the joint. You know, that was that's on me. That's on me. I played myself. It's all good. Players F up. We try not to curse too much. Players F up though. You feel me? Now, in news and current news, have y'all seen alright, so y'all remember y'all remember the uh at the country concert in, in Las Vegas there was a shooting and a man shot killed like six hundred people or he shot a whole bunch of people, he killed fifty eight people. Y'all remember that, right? It happened at a country concert pretty much across the street from the MGM Resort or the, uh, it was the Mandalay Bay, I think. Let me see. Yeah, it was the Mandalay Bay Hotel, right? This was last October. A man named Stephen Paddock. He pretty much was like a rich, he was a wealthy white man. So he had plenty of money to buy plenty armed, armory. Arm, you know, he had a lot of armament on him. And he, damn, my throat is, is, is getting, ugh, this shit ain't cool. Man went up in the room, and from the window, he shot a whole bunch of people. He shot 500 plus people, killed 58 of them. Now, what's happening now is the MGM Resort is suing the victims. You heard it right. Suing the victims. That shit sounds ridiculous when you first think about it. But supposedly, the lawyers of the MGM Resorts International, which is a publicly traded company, who could not deal with any type of liability for this, because if they did, their stock would fall out the window. No pun intended. They are trying to get ahead of this lawsuit shit because they know a whole lot of people are going to sue them and try to hold them liable. So what they're doing is suing the victims. They're not suing the victims for money. They're suing the victims to protect themselves from liability. Meaning, I guess there's, their lawyers discovered. Uh, let's see what he, Okay, company. The company's aggressive legal approach, which stirred outrage on social media Tuesday, turns turns on an interpretation of federal law that that one of MGM's own lawyers admitted discovered only a few weeks ago, and has apparently never before been used to try to shield the company from liability. So what the MGM Resorts is about to do is attempt something that has never been attempted before in American history. You sue the victim before they get a chance to sue you to protect yourself. It's not that you're suing them for what they would try to get from you. You're suing them to get a ruling to make yourself not liable. Once you make yourself not liable, you can walk away scot-free. And if those people want to get some kind of, you know, recompense or, you know, they want to be paid for what they went through, they'll have to find somebody else to sue. 
but they won't. But so this is only if they win. So we're going to have to watch this very closely. This is interesting because this is the first time in history this has been done. And this is a federal law. So they're they going. This is about to be a good one, man. And I can imagine if those people don't have proper representation, which I'm sure compared to the MGM resorts, they don't have that. You know, we're going to have to see which type of lawyer. It's going to have to be some large class action lawsuit, federal lawsuit lawyer that works with these people and tries to stop them and protect them from this claim and this suit. This is about to be interesting. So we need to, you know, watch this one closely. I wonder how suing these people will affect public perception of their company, though. Anybody who knows business knows that this is a smart move. If it works, it's a smart move. Because you can't just sit around and say, oh, those people were victims. So you know what? Sue us for a billion dollars. We'll pay you. Like, no, nah, you can't. Business can't work like that. You can't You can't run a business like that. Like, you can feel sorry for somebody. <clears throat> but that don't mean you say, I'll pay you because you went through something and my hotel was involved. I, like, I didn't hire that man to go up in that room. I rented him a room. I didn't know he was going up there to shoot nobody. People try to say they need better security at the hotel. If y'all ever been in a damn hotel before, nobody checks your bags when you walk in the hotel. If they did, you wouldn't go to that hotel. Imagine you go to a hotel and somebody try to check your bags. Yo, you would be recording them saying that they was racist. So don't even say that they should have been checking. Nobody should have checked his bags. That don't even make sense. If I went in a hotel and, and they was trying to check check my bags, yo, I'm leaving. Even if I don't have shit in the bags. Nothing illegal, I mean. Why? I'm not trying to... I don't like the... I'm not doing it. Who wants to do that anyway? Like when, you, when you're on a vacation, you're trying to chill. Everybody knows Vegas is relaxed too, man. So... Imagine, and there's so many hotels. People come in and out of those hotels even when they don't stay there. They're coming in because they're in Vegas. They're taking pictures. They got casinos at the bottom of them. They have restaurants. It's, people are in and out too much for you to be checking anybody's bags at the damn Mandalay Bay Hotel on the Strip in Las Vegas. You would be crazy to think that's possible. So there's no way that MGM Resorts can be liable. Unless you're saying, okay, MGM, y'all should have had bulletproof glass so we couldn't shoot it out. That's not even, I mean, you can't even do that. So, nah, if I was MGM, I wouldn't have thought of that. Not, you know, because I, of course, I didn't know about it. And even their lawyers only just found out about it. So, this is this is about to be interesting, man. We need to pay attention to this one. This is, this is different. These lawyers, man, lawyers is different, yo. They be, they be finding some shit. Finding ways to to protect their clients, which is, that's their job. So, hey. Very interesting. Y'all let me know how y'all feel about that one. Now, the, the, the meat and potatoes of what I want to talk about. And and actually, my producer talk was way longer than everything else I planned on discussing with y'all today. So, like I told y'all, I had this little uh, smartwatch, Samsung joint, whatever. is monitoring my steps and all that. But it also monitors my heart rate. And I just learned that I have a very healthy heart rate. I have the heart rate of... The healthier of average people like i'm on the super healthy side when it comes to my heart rate y'all know heart rate is beat beats per minute how often does your heart beat every minute so if you want to check that what you'll do is you know put two fingers on your wrist wherever you can feel your pulse at you can put it on your neck you know and feel your pulse count how many beats for 30 seconds then double it that is your heart rate 
or some people do 15 seconds or you can multiply it by four whatever it is check your heart rate and they say that the normal resting heart now this is why you're resting you want to do this the the normal what they say normal resting heart rate for adults is 100 to to i mean for is 60 on the low end to 100 beats per minute however there i don't i don't know why they call that normal resting heart rate and then they also say that give me one second y'all okay here we go found a chart for men, I'll just give y'all a, a quick breakdown of it, right? So your resting heart rate pretty much gives gives you a quick general guide to how well your heart is functioning, right? And I really wanted to talk about this because my black folks, we're dealing with an obesity problem right now. We deal with death. Black men, we die more than anybody in the, in the world uh, with heart disease, we get it. We have heart disease at higher rates than everybody in the world, and we die at higher rates than everybody in the world. And that's whether we're obese or skinny. We just, that's something we deal with. So I feel like this is something we need to know. Also, women, black women, y'all die higher than all other women. Black men, higher than all other people. Black women, y'all die more than all other women from these heart issues. Right? So this is important. This is something that I really. Well, actually, I have been talking about it for a while on the podcast, but let's look at this is something that we can check all together. Check your pulse. See how how often your heart is beating per minute. And then let's go from there. Right now for men, my fellas. Right. Like I said, I don't understand why these experts are saying normal beats per minute is 60 to 100. And then other things are saying that. They give you a breakdown. Here's the, here's the average. Average for adult men is from 66 up to 69 beats per minute. That's average if you're resting. Resting heart rate, right? So that means you're beating a little more than once per second if you're at 66 to 69, right? My resting heart rate is 60, which falls in the category of excellent, right? One step above me would be athlete. So if I was a regular athlete, meaning I worked out often at my age range, I would be beating at 49 beats per minute to 55 beats per minute. Now, y'all know what beats per minute pretty much indicates is how hard your heart is working to pump your blood throughout your body. Right. If the lower it is, that means your your um, your blood flows efficiently. You don't have a lot of clogging in arteries and in and uh, throughout your veins and all that. Your, your your heart is easily able to pump without overworking itself. If you're pumping at 40-something beats per minute, let's just say 50 because 40 is, is OD. If you're pumping at 40 beats per minute, 49 beats per minute, 50 beats per minute, you are peak human physical fitness. You are doing a great job, right? Excellent is 56 to 61 beats per minute for young adults, young men. Right. And for anybody older listeners, if you're 46 to 55, uh, good is 64 beats per minute to 67 and average is 68 to 61 beats per minute. This is everything I'm saying right now is for men. OK. Below average is 74 beats per minute and up. 
right? So if you when you check your heart rate, check your beats per minute, if it's above 74 or if it's 74 and above, it's time to start working out. All right? It's time to time to start first of all, it's time to start working out and it's time to unclog the pathways of the blood and the body. Doing that however you got to do it. If you got to exercise, if you got to uh change the way you eat, whatever you have to do, it's time to start doing it, right? And then poor it poor uh for men is 82 and above. So, if you actually let me hold on now. I'm looking at these two charts and it looks like see, it's pretty much the same for men and women. So, let's let's go back and say everything that I just said, men and women follow these same charts. Until you get into the older ages, when you're up in above 46, it's pretty much the same as men, right? If you're above 82, your resting heart rate is above 82, man or woman, you need help. That's poor. That's considered poor. That means you need to work extensively to get that down. This is resting heart rate. Remember, this is when you're just sitting on the couch chilling, which if your heart rate is that high, you should leave a little bit of that sedentary lifestyle alone a little bit. Time to get up and start moving. So if you're if you're poor, now let me tell you this. If you know you have health issues, don't say, well, my resting heart rate is good, so I don't need to do anything else. I'm good. If you have other issues, then you need to handle them. I'm just talking about this specific thing right here. This is an indicator of how hard your heart is working to make your body function by putting blood all through your body, right? So if you are beating over 82 beats per minute as an 18 to 35 year old adult, Man or woman, you have, it's time to get in the gym and it's time to drink, start drinking more water. It's time to uh, cut out them starches, them snacks, all that shit you've been eating. Time to cut some of that out of there and let's get healthy so we can live longer because we're getting smarter. A lot of us are getting smarter. But what is the intelligence going to mean when, you know, you could be dead in your 50s or your 60s? If you're 18 years old. If you if you 18 to 25 years old and your heart is already beating 82 beats per minute, that's a problem, man. That we setting ourselves up for all kind of of issues, man. They have they have this they have this uh, article in WebMD saying high high resting heart rate caused early death. You feel me? Like it's it's real, man. It's not just a thing to try to get people to pay for gym memberships. I don't own a gym. I'm just telling you because I want everybody to be healthy. You feel me? I want... Yeah, I would I would like to see us as a community be more healthy. College degrees can't stop us from dying if your heart is not properly functioning. Entrepreneurship can't stop you from dying if your heart is not properly functioning. We can be we can start businesses and buy black all day. If we're dying, you know what I'm saying, this doesn't help us. Nothing will help you if you're dead. Like, not at all. You you know how much money you need to get a new heart? You need Rockefeller money. That's why the old Rockefeller dude was he had seven heart transplants because he has that type of money. You need that type of money if you want to live through bad heart. He was he was like a hundred years old, so his heart really wasn't bad. He was just old as shit. So that's my 
lesson of the day that would definitely be let's check our heart heart rates and if they if they are high let's start working to get them down this is not even a physical this is not about how you look this is about how well your body is functioning so when you when you make this change to get your heart rate down nobody will be able to see it but you can rest assured that you will live longer the lower your heart rate is and there are other factors to long life but the lower your heart rate is at least you don't have to worry about your heart giving out on you last thing you want is to be a 61 62 year old person that needs a heart transplant like we don't want that we don't want i mean and i know they're coming out with a lot of devices right now that will keep your heart beating even if you're dead and even if your heart stops they'll just hook you up to something they can implant it in you and keep your heart beating or keep it pumping blood <clears throat> but we don't you don't even want to have to go that route man i don't want you to have to go that route so let's just you know let's get ahead of it preventative maintenance is always better than corrective maintenance learned that in the navy all right so that's all i got for y'all this week man i got another thing i'll get into next weekend you know kareem kareem has said some things kareem abdul jabbar he's a writer and i'll check i'll get with y'all about that y'all let me know how y'all feel about the topics that topics we got into this week man kilo underscore righteous on twitter you can email me at uh reg podcast at gmail.com you know we getting down like that man i love production man i love music production rap production and shit like i, t- I tell shay all the time yo not all the time i tell her often or not even often i tell her i have told her <laughs> when i retire i'm not reti- i'm not going to a golf course man i'm gonna build my own studio and just be up in there making music all day like that's my retirement that's what i plan to do and i know how much a, a studio costs so i know how much money i need to make sure that my studio is legit and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to retire as doing that, making music. I'm not even putting it out, just making it. Like, that's just what I love to do. You know, creating, production. I love it. You know what I mean? I'm going to teach myself how to play pretty much every instrument. You know, I'm going to have to get myself back into playing the trumpet because, you know, I grew up playing the trumpet. That's nothing. Get back into that. Get on them keys. Get on them strings. You feel me? Teach myself how to play a woodwind instrument. You feel me? I love the way the saxophone sounds. I'm going to teach myself how to play a tenor sax or something. You understand? Give me a, you know, that's my retirement. That's why I'm so into this production thing, why I went OD with, the, with playing the music and all that for these great producers that I consider super producers. But that's all I got for y'all, man. Y'all get at me later. Peace out.